At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. So today I have a one message message. So it, it is a single message that I'm going to share with you. I've got a new series starting in the month of um, November regarding gratefulness and thankfulness. We, I've done many of those messages, and I have a, a, a total new one that I've never actually preached before, that series that I'm going to do in the month of November. So um, excited about that. But today I have, a, I have a message, and I've done this. I do this periodically just to, um, just to remind you of God's church. And the title of my message today is The Church. And um, I want to, I'm going to kind of like talk in a circle <laughs> and just connect all the little pieces in, the, in what I'm going to say today. But um, I, feel this, I feel just, felt very strongly that God said He wanted me to share this about His church, God's passion about His church. Um, I don't know if you've seen statistics like this, but I, I've seen uh, certain stats that people publish. I see them on social media. Um, Gallup has a lot of polls, and you know I used to read a lot of those. But um, I read one the other day that said since COVID, since COVID, the average church goer comes to Sunday church. Once every six weeks, live. Um, and this is just my personal opinion, but COVID produced a real laziness in our country. A, a huge laziness. And, and actually, a license to be lazy. And to kind of do nothing. And just, you ever seen the commercial where the guy's thinking he's doing a Zoom meeting and everybody's, everybody shows up in person and he's in his boxer shorts. <laughs> he has a shirt on with a tie and he's, got, he's in his boxer shorts. And, uh, and, and, and that mentality has kind of set in in our nation. And you can like it. And, I mean, there's a lot of it in the, in the result of technology. There's a lot of it I like, but I liked it before COVID, you know. I like, I do a lot of things with people in, in churches in other countries, and I really like, uh, I like Zoom. Before Zoom, it was either FaceTime or Skype or whatever it was, but, but for, for me, I got connected to Zoom during, uh, during COVID, and I've really appreciated that. But there's something about what God says is vitally important to connect. There's something about connection that if we lose that, you, you lose the face of the church. I mean, God is about His church, and God is God, and God will do anything God wants to do, but God won't force His way onto people to do what He wants. You have to do it by choice. And at the end of the day, you and I, all of us, will do what we want to do. But if I don't bring word to you from the word, not like 
my opinion or, you know, you can share truths about something kind of in anger or frustration. There's no anger or frustration in this at all because I think a lot of you understand this. But it's just a word that, I mean, I need to hear myself preach this. I need to be reminded of it all the time. And so today I've, like I said, I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to talk for a little while, but as I always do, um, I'm, I'm going to show you what the Word says. You know, the Bible says, forsake not the fellowshipping of yourselves with those of the same precious faith. Okay? Forsake not that. Other connections are good, but don't forsake the connection and the fellowship with those that believe or are believing or developing the way you are. One of the things through COVID that I, that I realized uh, is, I, I realized, and I realized in the lives of many other people that I'm connected with, I realized what I had in me in, in the form of God and His Word, and I realized what other people had in them. I mean, it, it, came, it came to the surface. Pressure will cause to come to the surface what's in your heart. And I'm very, 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 very grateful that I stayed with God and His Word through the years and that I never backed away from it because when it hit, when COVID hit, for me it was, and my family, it was just business as usual. We just, we, 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 conform somewhat to whatever things that they ask you to do, you know, but for the most part, it's just like, you know, because I'm not going to be in rebellion to what somebody says you have to do, okay? I'm not going to be in rebellion. I don't, I don't care what other people think, well, I, yeah, I have the right to do it. I won't walk in rebellion because of what rebellion produces, okay? But when you find yourself having to do something that you don't want to do, you also find inside of you what you have also. And a lot of times, people are going to do what they want to do, and they don't care about any rules, regulations, or anything else. And I don't care how difficult they are. The Bible tells us, no matter how difficult they are, that we obey the laws of the land. You know, No matter how crooked people are, we obey the laws of the land until... They require us to do something that's illegal, immoral, or that goes against the Word. But we've got to learn in this life how to hear the voice of God and how to obey and do the things that He's asking us to do. And where do you learn that? In the church. Because the church brings the Word that brings the information that you need to know what's right. Can you say amen? So, why the church? <clears throat> In other words, why mess with the church? Why mess with the organizational church? Why? Why not just do whatever we want to our, our own way? Why don't we just, just live our lives, find some teaching that will kind of help us a little bit and get some information and just do whatever we want to do? Because Jesus is building His church the way He says in Scripture. He's building His church. That's why the church is so vital. <clears throat> and what is the church? To me, what, I've, what, what I know about the church, the church 
is made up of the ones called out of something and called into a connection with others that believe the same thing, which is the Word. At Gates of the City, we've always been about the Word. Um, you know, there's other things that, that, you, that you might think that we should put higher priority on, but the Word is first and foremost. Doesn't matter. Heaven and earth will pass away and everything else that we're connected to, but His Word will never pass away. And we need that above everything else in our lives. <clears throat> and the way that we become the church, the way we become the church, is through the passion that we have for the preached Word. Now, I'm making all these declarations and now I'm fixing to back those, these up with the Word. The way that we become the church of Jesus Christ is through the passion we have of the preached Word because when the Word is preached, then we have something to do something with. We have to learn to meditate the Word, to confess, to pray the Word, to become doers of the Word, all those things. But it comes through a passion to hear the Word first. And to me, there's no greater way to hear the Word than make the effort to show up to be connected to those of the same precious faith. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8 says this. But what does it say? And he was talking about righteousness. Um, the Apostle Paul was saying that the Jews had a righteousness, but it was, a, it, it, was, it was not the righteousness of God. It was a righteousness of their own. Trying to establish it by the law. If I'm good enough and I do enough good, then, then things will be right. But he said, the righteousness based on faith says something else. And it says this. He says, but what does it say? Question mark in verse 8. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we, what? Preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart... One believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation as a result of what? What you hear preached. The church is about the preached word. It's always been about the preached word. Paul established churches everywhere that he went. The apostle Paul did, and what he did was he preached to them and he taught them. It was the word you hear. It's the word you hear. Like today. I'm preaching about the church. And, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I think a lot of times that people get kind of negative things from hearing about the, about the Word being taught re regarding the church. But I'm not preaching to you about gates of the city. I'm preaching to you about the church that Jesus is building. See, and Gates of the City has a part with that, but if we're not part of what he's building, forget it. And what you're going to see, what I'm, how I'm connecting all the dots today, is he's building his church by and through his word. No other way. Because you and I can't be built any other way except by the word. No other way. <clears throat> so, we must be a part of those of the same faith. You, you know, you can, and, and I've seen this through the years, it's, it's, 
it's, it's so vitally important to connect with others. I, I, I mean, my, you know, the Apostle Paul encouraged to be ready in season and out. Do the work of an evangelist. Always be on guard for your ministry to other people. And I, I don't know about you, but my ministry to other people is like full-time. I pastor part-time. <laughs> my ministry to people is like full-time because it's everywhere. Everywhere I go, everywhere I, everything I do, there's so many different people to be ministered to. And those type of connections with other people are good, but he didn't say, don't forsake that. He said, don't forsake the fellowshipping of yourselves with those who are growing the same way you are. And through the years, because, well, I'll just say this. Being connected to church is tough. It's tough. There's demands on it from God that make you squirm. See, see, the church can like ask you to do something or kind of like put demands, but then you have to ask yourself, is it right with God? And, and, and when I don't do something that God is asking me to do, then I'm rebelling against Him. And, and being part of the church is not an easy thing. Because there's all kinds of things, and I've seen this through the years, where people will, people will get excited, be connected to the church for a season, but then they bail from their connection to the church. And what they do is they find other connections that are easier. See, there's connections out there that are easier, like ball teams or you know, dance classes or this kind of thing. And, and people literally, there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. It's all good. But that's not your church. And people will make a church out of that. And, and, and what, what, what troubles me, I want you to hear what I'm saying. Did I say that sports teams or dances or whatever are bad? Did I say don't do them? No. When my girls were little, man, I was coaching everything. I was coaching soccer and basketball and volleyball and, you know, and I was not a soccer player. Hmm? <laughs> Everybody knows the story of me, you know, uh, trying to show this kid how to kick a ball, and I kicked it, and it went underneath my foot, and I landed on my back, and all these kids are standing over me, you know, looking at me. Coach, are you all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. I didn't know what I was doing, you know, but I coached. Because I wanted to be a part of my girls' lives. And, and I coach, I, man, I, I say support it. But you've got to work the other out. You have to work it out. You can do it, but you've got to work it out. You cannot forsake this. You forsake this, it's not pretty. You know what hurts me more than anything? Is <clears throat> what hurts me more than anything is what I see happen to the kids of parents that forsake this. I've spent many hours with children 
as they got to be adults, talking to me about, I don't want to play this, but my parents want me to do this. I didn't want to pursue that, but my parents wanted me to do that. I mean, it's one thing to encourage your child. If if one of my children wanted to play a certain sport, and then they got out there and decided they're not going, no, you're playing until the season's over. You don't want to play it next year? That's fine. But you wanted to play it? We, We got our hind ends out here. We bought all the junk and stuff that went with it, and we're playing this dang sport. I don't care. You can cry till whatever, but you're playing. Next year you want to do it, don't do it. But you, but, but you have to learn. I'm, I'm teaching you even some things. You have to learn how to navigate and realize how your life is affecting the, the children that are around you. What are you teaching a child if you're growing in the things of God and you want to see that happen? What are you teaching a child to put more emphasis and value on playing baseball than you do the church? You know, I mean, this isn't a real popular message. But you need to hear it and I need to preach it. Because he needs it preached on behalf of what he wants to see happen in people's lives. There's a sacrifice involved, right? And the other groups and the connections we have, they're secondary. They can never take the place of fellowshipping and connecting yourself to people of the same precious faith. It's vital. It's why we do so much here in the form of connection, you know, like the men's thing that we had this, this last week and the women's thing that we had a few weeks back and, and what we do with the children and what we do, you know, throughout the year, like with our Word First conference coming up. There's connection involved, you know, with every, with every holiday that comes around, Easter or anything else, there's things go on because we want to create connection. We want people to connect together in spite of each other. See, what you don't want to do is be a person that runs off and connects with other people that are more comfortable for you to connect with. In spite of the people around you, we have to connect because we have to learn how to grow and develop faith in spite of one another. Not easy. Nope, not easy. So Jesus says this, and this is a popular passage, but this is what he said, and it'll be in relation, kind of connecting the little dots. Matthew 16 and 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am? Who do men say I, the Son of Man, am? He said he's the Son of Man. He already answered the question, but who do men say I am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, Others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and he said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock, Peter, I will build my church. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. I will build my church on the rock of revelation knowledge. I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, 
If that's the case, where does that come from? That begins and originates with the preached Word. Did you hear me? It originates from the Word being preached. That means getting your hind end to church, showing up on purpose because it's God's will for you to receive the Word no matter how difficult it is and, and, and how much sacrifice is involved. When my wife and I married, and we've about four, four and a half years in, uh, Amanda was born in, into our marriage, and we were a part of a church. And in those times, we had such a hunger for the Word of God. I mean, it was like, why is church not seven days a week? You know? I mean, why is it not? I mean, it was five days a week. We had, we had church Monday night. We had church Wednesday night. We had church Friday night. And then Sunday morning, five services. Four days out of, four out of seven, five services a week. And we did that for a long time. Never even thought about it. Just drug our kids in there. There we were because we wanted the Word. Right? And today, the passion that we have for the things of God is because of the preached Word right? Now, you have to do something with it. The preached Word has to go to a place of meditation. You're hearing the Word, you're studying it for yourself, you're meditating on it, you're declaring it on a day-to-day basis, you're learning how to pray the Word, and learning how to be a doer of that Word, but it all originates from the Word being preached. And see, the people that were trying to establish righteousness, the Jews in in Romans 10 when Paul said that, they're trying to establish their own righteousness by their good works. Won't work. He said, but what does righteousness based on faith say? That the Word is near you in your mouth and in your heart if you're listening and receiving the Word preached. Like I just read that passage of Scripture right there. There's a, there's a hundred and one things you can get out of those few verses of Scripture in Matthew 16. We could go in 900 literally. I mean, that's not even an exaggeration. You could go in 900 different directions just in those verses of Scripture right there. As I was reading those, as I was reading those verses of Scripture, You could have gotten something that God wanted to speak to you if you're open to receive. Because the tendency, a lot of times, when something is being preached that maybe steps on our toes a little bit, instead of receiving it and letting it kind of work its way inside, we resist it. And we can't resist it. We can't resist it. We're living in a dangerous time. And the only safe place is the church. I'm not talking about the building. The only safe place is being the church. We're the temple that the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of us. And we are the only safe place. But the safe place of the church is the revelation. So what we bind is bound, what we loose is loosed. Because of what we believe, he said, you're Peter, and on this rock is where I'll build my church. And it's the rock of revelation 
of God's Word, and we know the only place that that can be developed is if I'm sitting in a position, in a place where I'm hearing the Word preached and believing what I'm hearing. Because I believe it. So, Jesus saying that He will build His church is based, whether that works for you or I or not, is based on what we believe, if we believe that or not. So he's building his church. So I'm I'm going to just say three things about him building his church, okay? I'm his church. You're his church. We're his church. He, the son that's sitting at the right hand of the Father, okay, who is the living word, is building his church when you and I listen to him being preached. And when he who is being preached begins to get on the inside of you because of what you declare every day, what you meditate, what you do with that word, when he becomes real and you believe it, then his church is being built. No other way. No other way. On the rock of revelation knowledge, and revelation can never come if it doesn't originate from the word being preached. First and foremost. He said, I'll build my church. People are building all kinds of things today, correct? Different organizations are being built. Governments are being built. Business is being built. People build social media platforms. Is Is that true? People are building fame today. People are building success in their life and all those things, all of that. And God wants you to build whatever He wants you to build, and He wants you to be successful at it, but are you a part of what He's building? And that determines whether you value not forsaking the fellowshipping of yourselves with those of the same precious faith. Not just fellowshipping with anybody. You start fellowshipping with people that don't have your DNA with God of what you've been taught or what you've been, 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 what's been preached to you. Other DNAs will talk you out of it. People can be saved if that's, where, if that's the direction you need to go and you need to be a part of something else that is not the, the DNA that we are. That Like when we, well, we were at, had the men's thing at Mo Ranch uh, on, when was that, Friday? Friday night? or Friday evening, we were over there. That church is part of our DNA, those men, part of our DNA. You know, I I made sure that everybody that came got introduced to those guys, but it wasn't 15 minutes, and you you couldn't get a word in edgewise with anybody. It's like everybody had known each other for all these years. Totally different backgrounds, totally different cultures that you come out of or whatever, or, or maybe similar with different ones, but whatever. But we got the DNA of God on the inside of us, and it was like we've known each other forever. As a result of that, even ones that didn't get to go, you know, there'll be more of that in the future because it's right. Those type of connections are right. You have to have right connections. You can't just connect with anything or anybody. Because those wrong connections, listen, you can fellowship, 
You can have ministry opportunities, do the work of the evangelist, but not the area that you value. If you, if you devalue the fellowshipping of yourself with those who are growing the same way, then, then you're, it, what's happening is you're messing with God's ability to create success in your life. Because a lot of times when you need the truth spoken to you, you're around the wrong people, they're just going to tell you what you want to hear. And that's where people gravitate when they get tired of doing some of the things that you have to do to walk it out with God. Not easy. Simple, but not easy. I've said that many, 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 many times, and it remains true to this day. God's Word is simple, but it's not easy. It takes true sacrifice to do it, to know that, that, I, that I am called and connected to a certain place. If you're connected to gates of the city, we have a DNA. We believe in the Word. Everything is about the Word. It's all centered around the preached Word, right? And there's different components and aspects of that, that that branch off of that, but it's all centered around the preach word because of what I'm sharing with you today. But I'll just say this today. Said all that to kind of finish it in the next few minutes with what I'm going to say right now. If enough people get saved and get into the church and grow up And truly know that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, then the things that are not right to God will stop. There's enough people that get into the church of Jesus Christ around the planet, learning to do the right things and allowing what's right in God to get over onto other people, it'll change all the bad that's out there. Because if you think about it, If everybody on planet was born again and everybody had a passion for the things of God like we're talking about today, there would be very few problems on there. There'd still be issues because everybody's got differences and those kind of things. But so many of the world's problems would be worked out because of the wisdom of God. All the government officials would be operating from the wisdom of God. You know, you can see when when there's a government, when, when there's an official in government that's born again, not that they're perfect, but they're born again, and they operate and draw from the wisdom of God, things are just different. The Bible says they are. It'll always be different that way. Because of the backing away and backing off from the Word through the years in, in just in people's lives, or not knowing the Word, the enemy has been successful in seeing marriages divided, churches split time and time and time again, to where people don't stay connected, marriage, church life, whatever it is, because there's no word in them consistently to overcome. That's why the, the consistency of the preached word, if all you do is just hear the word preached and you never do anything with it, it won't work. But it starts with the preached word. It starts with that word being preached. Romans chapter 3 and verse 3. For what if some did not believe? Question mark. 
the people that don't believe, will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? What's the answer to that? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you're judged. If, if you don't believe, in other words, if you don't believe, does that change the faith of God? No, the faith of God is still real. Faith of God isn't dependent on you believing or not, but if the faith of God working in your life is dependent on whether you choose to believe it or not, and where does that originate from? The preached word. So, I'll ask it like this. Does faith not work if you don't work it? It doesn't work. It doesn't work for you. Faith is faith, and faith works in God, but faith won't work for you if you don't work it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. That's where it's established. That's the church that Jesus is building. You and I just have to choose. We're going to be a part of that. Let nothing rob us from, of that. And in the days ahead, the enemy will pull every stop out to, to rob you. The devil doesn't care. It really doesn't matter what the devil thinks, except that people spend too much time giving in to his stuff. But he really doesn't care whether you go to heaven or hell. He really doesn't care about that. He just wants you to live here like it's hell on earth. That's the way he wants you to live. Miserable, no answers, never seeing things happen or come to pass. And when they do, there's always fear of any other bad things happening. He wants you to live a miserable life. That's why he's after... That's why he's after creating this attitude and this environment in people's worlds that devalue the preached word. They devalue it. I can study the word. I can pray. I can do this. I can do that. I can go here. I can listen to it on TV. I can, yeah. And you can do whatever you want to do. But there's something about believing in the people that preach the word to you, that it says that Paul told Timothy in in first in uh, in uh, second Tim in one of the Timothys, he said he said that he said you've got to believe in the people that bring the word to you. You've got to believe that they believe it, and you've got to believe that what they're preaching is real and it really produces. You have to, and you're not going to get that where all your whole diet is on TV preaching. Everybody say, thank God for TV preaching. Uh, some of it, anyway. I'm just saying, thank God for TV preaching. It's okay. It's good. I listen to it. Different ones. But that can't be my diet. I have to be connected to the church. Can you say amen? Amen. <clears throat> Ephesians 1 and 22 He put all things under His feet. The Father put everything under Jesus' feet. Gave Him to be head over all things to the church. Jesus is our head. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is. Which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. And my point today is this. Okay? I'm, I'm, 
reiterating this again from another passage, but my point is this. He's at the right hand of the Father. He is the living Word. And the Father put all things under His feet and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all and in all. So He's the living Word, and when I'm preaching from the Word today, when I'm, in what I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to you Jesus, your head. I'm preaching the head to you. He's the living Word, right? The wisdom of God that we talked about last week and that we've talked about this year a lot, the wisdom of God and the Word of God are synonymous. You cannot separate the wisdom of God and the Word of God. They're the same. The wisdom is extracted from the Word you hear preached when you do something with the Word. But you've got to hear it preached first. And you've got to be convinced of that. And every lie of the enemy that comes to try to get you to believe that that's not that important, you've got to cast down every one of those vain imaginations and thoughts and let those thoughts know they have no authority and power to operate. Because what matters is what you're receiving from the Word and how you're giving into the ministry of the Lord Jesus, like at Gates of the City, if you're a part of this. You're receiving, but then you're learning to give out and be a part and be connected that way. Can you say amen to that? Um, And so, I want to read this last passage out of Ephesians chapter 3. And then I'm going to remind you of the statement I made in when we started. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. And Paul says this, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Now, I'm just going to tell you something that I see about myself, okay? And from the day I got born again, I see, I saw myself like what Paul, the way Paul viewed himself. The least of all the saints. Because Paul had a boatload of things in the past. I had a boatload of things in my past ways of life and things, and even in my born-again life, I had a boatload of things that, that, were, that were not good that I did, and, and to me in my mind tried to tell me that it disqualified me. And so, in my life, even to this day, I know who I am in Christ, but to be prideful because of where I came from, the only reason I could say anything about myself today is because of what He did for me. And that's what Paul's saying here. Paul wasn't saying he, he, was, he was as educated as any of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Very, very educated man, knew everything, but he considered all of that to be absolutely, he, called, he used the word dumb, that I may know him. That I may connect and fellowship in the, in, in, in the understanding of the resurrection of what he accomplished for me, is what Paul said. 
That's what he's saying right here. And he said, to the intent, uh, i got to read that from the beginning. I, got your, I, got your, I, I, I gave my little synopsis there, and I need to go back to what the Word said. To me, Paul says, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God and created all things through Jesus Christ. Through the ages. Through the ages, the mysteries that have been hidden in God. And He was given the anointing to preach that word. And He said this, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Who is He? The head, the living Word. He's the head, the living Word, but He's the head of this body, of of the body of Jesus Christ. This local congregation and body of believers, He's the head, right? He is the head. And He said, and He said, in whom we have boldness, it was accomplished through Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. If... He was asking them not to lose heart to remember what he preached. If tomorrow at noon they threw me in jail, they threw him in jail over and over and over and over and over again. If they throw you in jail, what does that mean? You're doing something wrong, you're a crook, you're this or you're that, or whatever. So if they threw me in jail on Monday, he's saying, do not lose heart because of the attacks that are coming against me. I'm telling you, your job, your responsibility is to take what you hear preached, receive the wisdom of that, and apply that to the principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. They're the problem not humanity. What I said to you in the beginning, the way we become the church is through the passion we have for the preached Word. That's how we become the church. What did Paul say ultimately is the church's responsibility? In the earth, we're to be here like Jesus. When Jesus was here, when He left here, He said, the devil's got nothing in me. For you and I to become those kind of people where the devil has nothing in us, we got to be walking in the wisdom of God, the understanding of God, the Word of God, the truth of God's Word. We've got to be operating in that and letting those principalities and powers know, I don't care what you bring my way, I am not backing off. I am part of the church that Jesus is building. Amen? 
I'm a part of the house that Jesus is building. And nothing is going to distract me and pull me back and pull me away. I'm not going to put my attention in anything else that is supposedly more valuable than being connected to His church because that's what He's building. He's not building ministries. He's not building businesses. He's not building anything like that. He's building the church and from the church with people with right hearts Businesses get built, ministries get established, right? Families get put back together, things begin to happen because of our connection to the church. We are the hope of the universe. We are the only safe place for humanity, the church. I'm not talking about the building. And you have to understand what I'm saying when I say that. The safe place is the church. It's being a part of what he's building, and he's building that through revelation knowledge, and that originates from the word being preached. Me purposing to study it, to meditate on it, to confess it, to develop it. And then the principalities and powers know, well, we, we, got, we, we, we know Jesus. And in, his day, in, in, in Paul's day, they say, the, the demons said, we know Jesus and we know Paul. But who the heck are you? Well, I want the demons to say, well, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, and I know Bert. And we've got to do what he says. And we can't keep, they know when we say something and we believe it, they can't keep allowing their maneuvers to happen and prevail. Because in the world, there's a lot of the enemy's maneuvers that are prevailing. It's the church's responsibility. Who is it? The church. And what church? The church that Jesus is building from the inside out that originates from the preached word. Amen? I love the church. I love all of you. And I, and I, I love being able to be a part of the future. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.